Our scripture lesson for today is from the book of Daniel. Let me read that and then talk a little bit about what we're going to be doing in worship for this month of June, Bible School Month. But the passage is from Daniel chapter 6, beginning with verse 10. One of those stories that many of you learned in Bible school or in Sunday school uh, a few years ago. But it's still a great story. Although Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he continued to go to his house, which had windows in its upper room open toward Jerusalem, and to get down on his knees three times a day to pray to his God and praise him, just as he had done previously. The conspirators came and found Daniel praying and seeking mercy before his God. Then they approached the king and said, Concerning the document, O king, did you not sign a document that anyone who prays to anyone, divine or human, within thirty days except to you, O king, shall be thrown into a den of lions? The king answered, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they responded to the king, Daniel, one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or to the document you have signed, but he is saying his prayers three times a day. When the king heard the charge, he was very much distressed. He was determined to save Daniel, and until the sun went down, he made every effort to rescue him. Then the conspirators came to the king and said to him, No, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no document or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Then the king gave the command, and Daniel was brought and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you faithfully serve, deliver you. A stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lord's so that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No food was brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Then at break of the day, the king got up and hurried to the den of lions. When he came near the den where Daniel was, he cried out anxiously to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you faithfully serve, been able to deliver you from the lions? Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me, because I was found blameless before him and also before you, O king. I have done no wrong. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. The king gave a command, and those who had accused Daniel were brought and thrown into the den of lions, they, their children, and their wives. Before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. This is the word of God for the people of God. June is, of course... Vacation Bible School Month here at Noonan First United Methodist Church. And to emphasize the importance of this vital ministry, we're going to be using the themes from the four days of Bible school as topics in worship, in connect and in traditional worship throughout the month of June. To Mars and Beyond is the title of this Bible school series this year. Their theme verses from Ephesians 3.20. 
Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine. Today, June the 2nd, we're going to talk about going beyond with faith. And we're going to work our way back around to that story of Daniel and the lion's den. Next Sunday is the Youth Choir Homecoming Concert. You will not want to miss that. And then June the 16th, go beyond with boldness. And we'll be looking at the book of Esther. You might recall just a few short weeks ago, the children's choir was up here acting out and singing out and explaining to us in a great new way this whole book of Esther. A book that is similar in many ways to the book of Daniel and hopefully we'll, we'll see that. June the 23rd, Go Beyond with Kindness, maybe the best known story in the New Testament, The Good Samaritan. And then on June 30th, Go Beyond with Thankfulness. We've heard some about gratitude already this morning. It's the story of the ten lepers who are healed and the one who comes back to give thanks. Going beyond, exceeding expectations. Aren't we always searching for the employee, the staff member, who is willing to go beyond, to go the extra mile, arriving early, staying late, never ever uttering that toxic phrase, it's not my job. In a world where so many are thinking, if not saying, what's the least we can do to keep this employee or to keep this job or to hold this marriage together. In that kind of a world, those who exceed, those who go beyond really stand out. They're hard to miss. Know any folks like that? Are we folks like that? One of the familiar Old Testament stories that graphically illustrates going beyond is from Genesis chapter 24. It's the story of Rebecca, a young woman named Rebecca. And the story starts with Rebecca's father-in-law to be Abraham, an old man who has been blessed by God in every imaginable way, deciding that it was time for his son Isaac to be married. Abraham came to the conclusion my son needs to be married. Isaac didn't come to that conclusion. Abraham came to the conclusion that Isaac needed to be married. Different times, different place. Arranged marriages were not that unusual in that particular situation. And for some reason, when I think about that and hear that term, arranged marriage, I remember one of the first phone calls I ever got as a pastor. I was a student pastor at the little Waco and Poseyville churches not far from here. And a woman called me one day, that my first summer there, and asked me if I would marry her daughter. And I'm glad I didn't say what my first thought was. My first thought was, I'd love to, but I'm already married. Um, <laughs> and then the second thing I thought was, you mean sight unseen? But uh, <laughs> she hadn't seen me either. Oh, uh, but I did have the privilege of officiating at that wedding, and it was quite a story, and I'll, I'll tell you about that some other time. It was my first wedding, and it was, it was more than interesting, but uh, arranged marriages, those, we don't go for that much in our society. So Abraham sent his senior servant, his chief of staff, sort of, to Aram Naharim, Naharim, the city of Nahor, he wanted to send the senior servant down there to find a, a bride for Isaac. 
So the servant took ten camels loaded down with gifts. And I was wondering, how many gifts would that be? How much can a camel bear? You see the UPS and FedEx trucks and Amazon trucks all over the highway, but ten camels, how many gifts can they carry? Loaded with gifts. Outside the city, he made the camels kneel at a well. And it was evening, the time when women, and it was considered woman's work in that day, when women would come out to draw water. He prayed, O God of my master Abraham, make things go smoothly this day. Treat my master Abraham well. As I stand here by the spring and the young women of the town come out to draw water, let the girl to whom I say, lower your drinking jug and give me a drink. And who answers, drink and also I'll bring water for your camels. Let the woman you have picked out for your servant, Isaac, be that woman. Then I'll know that you are working graciously behind the scenes for my master. And it so happened that the words were barely out of his mouth when Rebecca came out and she had a water jug on her shoulder. The girl, scripture said, was stunningly beautiful. She went to the spring, filled the jug, the bucket with water, came back up. The servant ran to meet her and said, may I have a drink of water? And she said, yes, of course. And he drank until... His thirst was satisfied. And then she said, I'll get water for your camels too until they have drunk their fill. She promptly emptied the jug into the trough, ran back and forth and kept filling that trough up until all ten camels had had enough to drink. The servant watched silent. Was this God's answer? Had God made the trip a success or not? And many of you know the rest of the story. Isaac and Rebekah are married and they become the parents of Esau and Jacob, our ancestors in the faith. In reviewing this story and thinking about it for just a moment, did you notice how Rebekah exceeded all expectations? To offer water to a stranger at the well for a drink of water, that was common generosity, common hospitality in the day. But my word, how much water can 10 thirsty camels drink? You talk about exceeding expectations. How much water would that be? (laughs) And I had not until recently thought about that story like that. Exceeding expectations. Going beyond what most people would look for us to do. We seldom lose out in this world when we exceed expectations and when we go beyond. Created, redeemed, sustained by an extraordinary God, we live out our lives exceedingly in response to so great a love, going beyond exceeding expectations. And for today, going beyond with faith, the story of Daniel and the lion's den. This is really the second of two major league deliverance kind of stories in the book of Daniel, and you'll be familiar with the first one, the story of Shadrach. Meshach and Abednego, refusing to bow down to that 90-foot golden statue that had been erected by King Nebuchadnezzar. And this is one of those joke stories I heard a long time ago. I probably should have forgotten, but it was about the pastor who often would try to preach without any notes, but he had put his notes in his coat pocket just in case he forgot something. And he was preaching on this story one day of these three Hebrew boys and he got to the point in the story when he was trying to remember their names and he just couldn't. He forgot their names. 
So he opened up his suit jacket to see if he could recall their names on his notes. And then he closed his coat back and he referred to those three boys as Hart, Schaffner, and Marks. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When the king threatens to throw them into a roaring furnace, they respond by saying, Your threat means nothing to us, O king. We're not afraid of you. We will not bow down and worship that statue. Our God can rescue us from this roaring furnace or from anything else that you might cook up. But even if God doesn't, wouldn't make a better difference. We're not bowing down to your statue anyhow. The God we serve can rescue us. I used to think, what's the difference in trust and faith? And we could go on a long time about that. But the God we serve can rescue us. That's an expression of trust. But even if God does not rescue us, we will not bow down to your God. And that's an expression of faith. They lived to tell about it, being thrown in the furnace, faith that goes beyond fear. And then later in Daniel, in chapter 6, this story that we've all known for so long, the lion's den, and a plot that was hatched and motivated by some of the lieutenants, the staff, the cabinet of King Darius, they sought to destroy Daniel, a man who out class them in every way and they were envious and they thought Daniel will take our spot. Daniel was brimming with spirit and intelligence. He was totally exemplary. He was totally trustworthy. And since the 'er ne'er-do-wells could not dig up any dirt on Daniel, they made up some stuff. Imagine that. So they conned King Darius into signing a decree. For the next 30 days, O king, no one is to pray to anybody, God or mortal, except to you. No one prays to anyone except the king. And anyone who disobeys this law will be thrown into the lion's den. The king signed off on the decree. But Daniel continued to pray three times a day to the Lord facing Jerusalem. The conspirators ratted out Daniel to King Darius, who was an admirer and a respecter of Daniel. And the king tried every trick imaginable, everything he could come up with to get out of this spot that he had backed himself into. Was there any way to keep Daniel from becoming dinner in the den? But to no avail. And it's interesting, and they keep referring to that law of the Medes and the Persians, and that was, that was some kind of authority for them back then. I had a high school math teacher, Ruth Rogers, who was also an ordained Methodist pastor back before women could get pulpits very often in this conference, and she would use a lot of scripture verses in the classroom when she was teaching algebra. And it was some concept that we couldn't grasp, and we'd ask her why, and she said, that's just the way it is, according to the law of the Medes and the Persians. <laughs> that was an authority. That was the bottom line. So it didn't work out very well. Daniel was tossed into the lion's den, and a stone slab was placed over the opening. And I can't help 
but think of another stone that was placed over the opening of a den of death. And that didn't work out so well either, did it? That stone wouldn't stay put. Next morning, the king who had refused any supper and had not slept so well. You ever tossed and turned most of the night because something was on your heart and you just couldn't get it off and you were concerned about how things would turn out? Next morning, the king got up early, came to where the lion's den was, the tomb or, or the den, And he called out to Daniel, and Daniel answered. And that had to be the most amazing voice that King Darius had ever heard. The fact that Daniel answered meant he was alive and well, and there was not a scratch on him. His faith had gone beyond fear, beyond expectation, and he was alive. And maybe... The king's faith had gone beyond expectation as well. Because you remember what the king said when he put Daniel on the lion's den. He said, your God will come and rescue you. So maybe this unbelieving king was being converted through this process. Daniel's faith went beyond and the Lord God of heaven and earth honored that faith and that trust. And Daniel was spared. When Daniel was safe and restored, the king ordered that the conspirators and their children and their wives all be thrown into the lion's den before they hit the floor. The lions had them in their jaws, destroying them. I did say this was a vacation Bible school story, didn't I? Hope it doesn't cause too many nightmares. Not for the children, but for the adults who are leading them. Uh, Here, kitty, kitty takes on a whole new meaning. (laughs) At one point during this week, as I was preparing for this, for today, the thought occurred to me, this Daniel story, this line story, sounds a little bit like a Jesus story. But then I realized that it takes more going beyond faith not to desire the destruction of one's enemies. Not a Jesus story, was it? Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Going beyond, exceeding expectation. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than we ask or think. Amen.